0: Hey there, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast fans. We have four new episodes that we are busy editing, and we will get those live and pushed out to you as soon as possible. It's been an amazing weekend here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And to provide some content to tickle those eardrums, I'm going to give you an update on today's Gravel Worlds. (laughs) That's right. We dropped in some beats to keep these podcasts lively, keep you full of maximum enthusiasm. So here's the theme for this one. While we're getting these new episodes edited, I raced gravel worlds today in Lincoln, Nebraska, 150 miles, almost exclusively of gravel. I had a million thoughts going through my mind today, and it really was a day of maximum enthusiasm. The day could not have gone better start to finish in terms of weather, my equipment, the way I felt, my nutrition, hydration, the conversations I had with people out on course. Yeah, I didn't come away with the win. It was second place. And that is the first place loser, as we say. But overall, I'm really happy with how the day went. And as I was thinking about this podcast out on course, there were a bunch of things going through my mind and i thought that would actually be kind of cool to share with our podcast listeners so you are not in for a play by play or a mile by mile recap of the race per se but instead i'm going to take you through some of the things that i do to set myself up for a really great event day i'm also going to make a plug for gravel racing in general i think it's one of the best things that's ever happened to bike racing and i think it's a really great way to get into the sport if you have not previously done any kind of bike competition. So let's back up a second. What is a gravel race? Well, it's a race where you're essentially self-supported and you carry all your own water, your food. You're also in charge of your directions. You're out there navigating rural gravel roads. And in this case, they were around the perimeter of Lincoln, Nebraska, I saw maybe four or five cars all day today. So you can see that there's definitely an interest in gravel racing because of the lack of vehicular traffic out on course. That's that's definitely a perk. Unlike other races such as Dirty Kanza, where there are a few aid stations that you can stop and have sent ahead your nutrition and hydration, today you were really responsible for carrying everything that you needed from start to finish. Now, there were stops where you could refill, but there were no pre-drop um such that you could drop a bag of things that you wanted to have at the halfway point or something like that. So... That included even having a front and a rear light, which we needed since we rolled out at 6 a.m. this morning. It was pitch black. It's a pretty cool sight to see 500 people cruising along on a gravel road at 6 a.m. with front white lights and rear red blinky lights. And even cooler to see the sun come up over a really kind of steamy and sultry um, cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. There was kind of a haze this morning. I'll post a picture of that on my website because I stopped to make sure that I took that photo. That was pretty neat. Um, The wind and the temperature could not have been better for us today. Uh, When I tell people I'm from Nebraska, they typically say something like, oh, so you're from the wind. And we all know that the Midwest is known for that. But today we had single digit winds, maybe up to about five or six miles an hour. And that was it. It was definitely hot. It was in the mid to high 80s. And given the lack of wind, it got pretty steamy out there. Lots of sweat in the eyeballs for sure, but overall, you really can't ask for a better day, and the finishing times certainly showed how great the conditions were. The course was completely dry. There was no hike-a-bike. There was no mud. There are no water crossings on this course, so it's a great one for beginners to give a shot, and in fact, they offer the half uh, distance of 75 miles for those that want to try and maybe are a little gravel curious, but don't want to bite off a full century or a full 150 or the full 206 for those of you that know about Dirty Kansas. So, what's so cool about gravel racing? Well. As a as a group of folks, it really is very, very inclusive and welcoming. It is the most friendly, supportive, positive group. And I've done a lot of bike racing over the years. I can hi- I can highly recommend this group as being one that if you're thinking about getting into any form of bike racing, have this be your gateway drug because it is so positive and it also brings together the roadies, the mountain bikers, the cyclocross racers, the the uh, fixies the I mean you name it it's it's cross-cultural in terms of cyclists and it's so supportive and inclusive the volunteer support is unbelievable out of this world uh, at this race as well as other gravel races I've done really the races can't happen without the help of the volunteers so it's always important to acknowledge that people spent their entire day today taking care of us out there on course it was um, just really cool to see I've Haven't done this race since 2015, and in the last three years, it has definitely exploded with a full sellout registration this year, and you'll hear more from the promoters, Corey and uh, Schmitty, as we did a podcast with them this weekend, so I don't want to spoil that interview. Let me kind of talk you through how the day went and some of the things that go through my mind when I'm working really hard to stay in a positive mental space. As I said today, went about as well as it possibly could, so it's definitely... Uh, in the category of maximum enthusiasm in in terms of how race days can and and sometimes don't go for us. Woke up at about 4.30 because, as I said, we had to be there for a start at 6 a.m. And it's funny, I woke up and for a moment had to orient myself with uh, what it was I was about to do today. I I must have slept really hard and uh, was just excited to go out and ride my bike all day. And that's a privilege in and of itself. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Got myself over to the race, was chatting with people, happened to stand next to a woman at the start line. I've never met her. She and I were talking. She was nervous about the 150. She's done 100. She's working up to the 200 for Kansas next year. And we ended up striking up a conversation, which was really cool. You don't always see that at competitive events, but it was super supportive people there was definitely nervous uh, anticipation Um, you can sense especially those that haven't done something like this before a little bit of nerves on the start line but we rolled out and as I said it was quite a sight to see all the headlights and uh, flashy lights in the dark and I choose to ride a single speed and I'll talk a little bit more about that later too but um, because I'm on one gear The main group, and I would say the majority of the riders, definitely ride away from me early. So for me, I know that it's going to be a solo endeavor, and I'm totally okay with that, which is part of the reason I choose single speed. But it was really neat to ride through the cornfields and watch the sunrise. I ended up next to a friend of mine named Ben from Kansas City. He works for Champion System, which is the company we do our business with for cycling apparel. And he and I ended up riding side by side for about the first 50, 55 miles, having just a cool conversation. We've been emailing for three or four years related to cycling orders, uh, cycling team orders and cycling apparel And it was a cool chance to really connect with Ben. And we talked about sobriety, which has just absolutely been a theme lately throughout my life. It was cool to hear his story. I can't wait to have him on the podcast. We talked about kids. We talked about work ethic and bike racing. And uh, we just talked about all the things. It was just um, an awesome, like, three-plus-hour authentic conversation conversation. And I finally convinced Ben to leave me and go on uh, with his geared bike at the pace that he could definitely ride once we got to the first mandatory check-in station, which is how they make sure that you've been on course and that you're following the rules. They give you a pipe cleaner check-in. After that point, Ben went up the road as he should, and I settled in for 100 miles of uh, solo, um, single speed, you know, bliss. And throughout the day, a variety of things happened that made me smile and that really do contribute to my life maximum enthusiasm. But let me just start with the um, the title of the show is called Gravel Gratitude. And that was absolutely a space I was in today. For starters, I thought, what a privilege to have an entire day that I can just go spend riding my bike. What a privilege to have the money to pay for an entry fee and travel, hotel room, the bike, the equipment, The training, the time to prepare for something like this. What a privilege that I get to just go ride gravel roads and see the heart of America, return to this place that I'm from, return to this place where I started cycling. What a cool privilege to meet these people and speak with um, a variety of folks throughout the day and have these cool exchanges. Some people that, you know, I have connections to that finally get to meet in person and some people I knew and got to reconnect. Uh, What a privilege to spend a day in the sun and in the great conditions as opposed to, um, you know, weather can go a thousand different ways for something like this and you race in it regardless. My preference is definitely to be in a a day where it's warm as opposed to being cold. Um, You know, just what an absolute honor to have the opportunity to spend 12 hours of my life doing something like this. And I really see these gravel races as an opportunity to do self-work and self-reflection. I don't believe in wearing headphones. I'm not listening to music or podcasts. And because I'm on the single speed, I, I typically spend a lot of time on my own, um, just like I did at Dirty Kansas Today, my focus was really on thinking about all the ways that something like this makes me a better person. And part of that, frankly, is the fact that I'm out in the middle of cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. And the the best use of my time as I see it while I'm peddling is to think about things in my life that I want to work on. And one of the thoughts that came to mind was the fact that as I look over times as of late in my life, given this focus on maximum enthusiasm, given this year of no drinking, this year of no shopping, 10,000 miles and $10,000 to Hope Sports, which were my 2018 goals, given some of the work that I've been doing on really trying to listen and be present with people and engage and not just be um, superficially there, but actually intentionally present and listening to people. It's resulted in some of these incredible conversations like the one I had with Ben. And I was reflecting on the fact that as of late, the days are ones that I'm proud of, And when I think back over conversations that I've had and interactions that I've had, normally I can say that I would regret saying something to someone, not saying something to someone, behaving in a certain way, reacting in a certain way. And and I have recently been able to string together a series of days, conversations, interactions, reactions that I'm proud of. And I was thinking about the day today and what had prompted that and in part it's been because I've really slowed down. If you want to have an intentional, authentic, vulnerable conversation with someone, it cannot be in the context of rushing to the next thing or multitasking in your brain. And I attribute that to the fact that I'm more proud of the interactions and conversations I've had than, than I have been in a long time. I would also say I'm living a life that is most authentic to me and also in coherence with where I am being pulled and the direction I'm being called. I think a lot of our internal tension comes from when we are in incoherence, where our actions are not in alignment with the person that we aspire to be. And I thought about that a lot today, about how I feel in true, true alignment, or at least as aligned as I have ever felt And that's contributing to these really positive interactions with people. And I can feel it because my face is in a permanent smile and I am being energized by these interactions and experiences, as opposed to them being things that detract energy from me. And I think we've probably all been in that space where we are just strung out. We are so busy, overscheduled, over rushed and we are half present with people in our life and we're half present with the things that we're doing and we're half assing a lot of things. And then when we look back on those things, we may have regret or shame. Um, there may be some pain associated with that. And that's from, I believe that incoherence and that disconnect. And so I was thinking about that a lot today and how good it feels to show up for people and be fully present just like that discussion I had with Ben on the bike today for over three hours. It was just so good. It just feels amazing to connect with humans and have it be meaningful and impactful. And the stories that he shared with me were certainly impactful for me. And it was really fun to be able to ask him questions and get some um, really candid responses. And I think that's what we're wired for as humans is, is that and not so much the social media superficial surface level engagement. So that was on my mind quite a bit. There was a time at which I looked up the road and I saw two dogs out on a property of a home and that actually struck some fear in me, even though I'm a dog person. I had a negative experience with the dog at a bike race a few years ago where it chased me and I really didn't see that it was going to stop and I was completely by myself and um, no one was around. And so as I saw these two dogs on the road today, I was approaching another single speed rider and I told him that those dogs were making me nervous and he was very sweet and said, you know, um, you know, we got this and ride to my left and we'll take care of this. And so we kind of rode to the dogs and he, um, made me feel much better about riding past them. And as it turned out, the dogs were friendly and, and did their thing. But I thought that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool gesture. Let's take a timeout. We'll stick in a little bit of music and we'll be right back. All right, so around mile 80 or so today, I hit a general store. It was on the course and it's an optional stop. And I did stop to grab some extra water. There was a woman outside in a bike jersey that was asking questions and asked me where I was from and asked me what brought me to this race. And come to find out she's writing an article about this event and how we might inspire more women to get into gravel, which would be absolutely fantastic. And so I told her all the things that I love about this race and some of my suggestions to help women get started if it's going to be their first gravel race. So that was super positive. She ended up being out on the course later in the day and was cheering me on by name, which I just thought was so fantastic. Um, The last, um, you know, 25 miles as is usually the case, those are the rough ones. You can kind of click off that century, I mean, fairly, you know, straightforwardly, fairly um, enthusiastically, and then those last 50 or so, uh, that's definitely where the wheels can fall off if they're going to fall off. I had a pretty good nutrition and hydration scenario today with um, the products that I typically use, and being on this vegan gluten-free kick right now, it's kind of a pain in the ass to try and feed me. So I've got my little specific food and um, nutrition set up and was relying on that. So wasn't using any of the uh, support being provided by the race. And that was serving me very well. It was incredibly hot today, uh, but everything went well in terms of uh, feeling physically good. Those last Maybe 20 miles got kind of rough. My uh, Garmin stopped telling me the turn by turn, so I resorted to the paper directions that were in a Ziploc bag as a backup in my back pocket. I was thankful to have those. At that point in the day, the race is so spread out, and I'm towards the back of the race on the single speed. That there are no riders in sight, so it was good to have the paper turn by turn and kind of get back on um, track with just having confidence that I was on the right course because, of course, the course is not marked. You are responsible for yourself. Getting into those last maybe 10 or so miles it was actually really helpful to have the turn by turn because I would just focus on the next road and the next turn and the next road and the next turn and then you go from 140 to 142 to 146 and then the next thing you know you're rolling into the finish and that was a good feeling. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning, wasn't good enough today to take home the win, although it was 20 minutes faster than my time three years ago. But competition has definitely gotten stiffer and harder at these events. And so I don't take uh, the win for granted, that's for sure. And, um, you know, people keep asking me what's going on with the single speed. What is the deal with that? I started that about three years ago candidly having a ride with gears is going to make me feel too competitive and too desirous of being in the front group which means I'm going to be putting myself in the hurt box far more than I want to be and I usually end up feeling pretty shellacked after a ride like that having one gear really turns the day into this therapy session if you will and I had the same experience at Dirty Kanza it's a simple matter of putting one foot in front of the other, and it's not about how fast you're going to go because the one gear is only going to go so fast, and I find that if I can average in the high 14-mile-an-hour, low 15-mile-an-hour average, I'm doing pretty well. Today's rolling hills actually ended up to be about 10,000 feet of elevation gain, so Nebraska is not flat, but the the simplicity of the single speed and the fact that when you are going on a slight downhill um, or some of those false flats, you are forced to coast, which means I end up usually drinking and eating more on the bike than I would if I was on a geared bike in the middle of a big group racing it like a road race. So in a way, the single speed has served as a really healthy governor for me to keep myself in check and I end up less physically in pain and destroyed from a race. And yes, the single speed means that the race does take longer for me than it would if I had gears and the overall speed is slower. But as I think you're probably gathering from the conversations and the thoughts I was having today, it makes for a far more um, just beneficial experience to me as a human. And the fact that I'm going to spend a whole day out riding my bike, I feel like it's a great chance to work on some things like gratitude and appreciation for the blessings that come with the opportunity to ride my bike for 10 hours. And um, that's what I did today. So at the finish, I had the occasion to, um, you know, discuss just what an amazing job this race was by with the uh, promoters who, of course, haven't slept in 24 hours. You're, as I said, you're going to hear more from Corey and Schmidt about what drives them to do such a crazy thing. It was just really, really neat to see all the racers and cyclists hanging out socializing and uh, really that is the pure heart and soul of cycling is that community and we certainly got to hear about that tonight when the daughter of a recently hit and killed cyclist here in Lincoln, Nebraska spoke and gave away the um, jerseys that were part of a competition done in his name. So that brought us all back to a very um, serious reality but also an acknowledgement that his community became his family's community during or uh, after his death which was um, very impactful and very um, meaningful to everyone that was present i i'm going to wrap up tonight simply by saying that if you find yourself in the middle of it doesn't have to be a bike event but something where you have the opportunity to evaluate For example, are you using the phraseology, I have to go ride my bike for 10 hours and 150 miles, or I get to go ride my bike for 10 hours and 150 miles? Are you acknowledging the fact that your bike and equipment are working well for you, as opposed to perhaps focusing on um, small negative um, things? Is, Is it great that the wind is low or is your mindset that because the wind is low, it is stifling and sweaty. And I really do believe that that is just an intentional maximum enthusiasm concept, if you will, that you set your sights on the things that really bring you joy and happiness and just honestly stop with the complaining. And it's just a decision that we make. I found myself in such a positive headspace all day today. And then when I got to the hotel, I um, was complaining to another racer about parking and I immediately regretted it. It's not a big deal. It didn't need to be said and it didn't add any value for either one of us. And um, there was a level of consciousness there that while I regretted complaining, I was happy that I caught myself and hopefully won't repeat that mistake again. I do believe that happiness is a choice not a luxury, and I do stand for wellness and fullness and fulfillment, and I think we have to slow down to allow ourselves the opportunity to dive into the development of the things I'm talking about, connections to other humans, time to have these thoughts in our head, time to evaluate our behavior, time to decide how we're going to change to be better, to live our life better. It takes intentional effort to make the day the best day that we possibly can. And you're going to hear that from some of the guests that I interviewed this weekend. It's not by accident. I think given how busy and stressed our world is, a lot of people are sort of asleep. They are mindlessly going through their day, going through the motions, doing what they've always done, doing what they're supposed to do. And they haven't paused to evaluate Whether their time and talents are being utilized, for example, whether what they're doing is fulfilling for them, but also they haven't had the time or the energy to slow down and think about how they want to spend their day and how they want to talk to people and how they want to treat people and how they want to be treated and what kind of day at the end of the day would make them feel so satisfied and so full. I do believe that the world needs to slow down in order for us to be our best selves. And along those lines, I think it's good for us to spend time without devices in our ears or in our eyeballs and just kind of breathe in what's around us the way I did today with those cornfields. I honestly feel a better person. I have basically 10 hours of therapy on the bike today with myself. And I would encourage you, if you can, to carve out some kind of time like that, whether in a bike race or otherwise, and see where you go with that thought process. Um, If nothing else, I hope if you're listening to this, maybe you're even here at Gravel Worlds and you're driving home, I hope that you'll just pause and reflect a little bit on your weekend and the things you said and whether you were listening and whether you were paying attention and uh, whether you were fully present. And if you weren't, If you feel like you checked out or maybe you numbed out with some substances or mindless TV or scrolling through Instagram, let's see what can be done about that this week. And I think that's where we go to get to this life of maximum enthusiasm. And then we start to really savor those small victories and those, those bonuses of the day. Like today, Looking back and seeing the fog across the cornfields with the sun rising, and knowing that I had 150 miles ahead of me, and knowing that I would be a different person at the end of the day than I was at the start. And that's exactly how I feel right now as I recap. I hope you got some value from this. I hope you like my music. We're going to switch that up. I can't wait to launch the next formal and second episode of the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. But in the meantime, I hope this tides you over. Thanks for listening. Until next time.